Hello and welcome back to another episode of You Want to Do What. Today we've got David Nunes on and he's an entrepreneur and investor. Hi, David. Hi, Daniel. How are you? Yeah, good, mate. The sun is shining, although it did actually snow here this morning. So it's uh, it's a bit of a weird one. Yeah, I'm actually in Switzerland at the moment and uh, it's just started, it's, it's literally not snowed here for six weeks. So all the uh, all the skiers and snowballers are not happy. They're, they're more <laughs> on the top than they are on the, on the slopes. So. <laughs> um, should we jump straight in, David? Do you want to just tell everyone a bit about what you do? Yeah, I mean, um, today, basically, uh, I, I'm an entrepreneur. I invest in um, disruptive startups all over Europe. Um, you know, my passion is like growth and disruption. So uh, I, I love spending my time with founders that are really trying to kind of uh, disrupt the status quo and, and really kind of uh, play bigger than they, they, they are, really. So tell us a bit about your career journey from from where you started to where you are now. What was that like? What did you? So I, I grew up in Blackpool, which is you know quite a deprived um, area in the UK. It's on the sort of west coast. It was always quite good fun as a kid though, because you know you have things like the Pleasure Beach and stuff. But what really lacked in in, the, in where I was is sort of people that inspired me. I didn't really find those people there, um, and I think that's you know a, a big part of for me about kind of what I what I look for um, in, in people and kind of what 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 gets me up in the morning. But mm. yeah, so I started in Blackpool went to a rough secondary school you know I, I really saw some um you know interesting things um in terms of poverty and some of my friendship groups and, and I guess really that was the thing that really pushed me to try and do something different and and it really showed me what almost like what I didn't want and and therefore really gave me that energy to, to do something different so um when I when I uh, was in my last year of school I did some work experience at this IT company and um, and that was really the first thing. I went, wow, this is really cool. I can like work and earn some money. Um, so when I left school, I actually went to work at this company full time. So yeah, I, I literally went straight from school to uh, a really cool job in IT. Oh wow! So what did what did you do after that? So you went into the world of IT, and then how did that kind of progress? Yeah, well, I think look, I was you know I was wanting to learn more, and I think after a lot of reflection, you know, sort of uh, over my whole career, actually learning stuff is the thing that really gets me inspired and out of bed. Um, and it was, it's not been obvious to me for a lot, for a long time. That's what it is. And I think if I now go back to then learning about, you know, what it's like to be like in, in a company and, and actually have customers and, and also learning all my IT skills at the time, I was a bit of an IT geek, I guess, uh, is probably the best way of explaining it. Um, you know, I was pushing myself to do more all the time and, and, and learn more and be more and, and so on. So um, then I, I went into another job in IT and then, and then I met a, a guy called Chris Lord at Flying School. I was learning to fly. Um, very cool and uh, yeah but actually had an airport nobody ever used it but they did so I thought might as well <laughs> try and fly and uh, and and that was really my first step into you know quitting my job and, and working with him in his family business and 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 basically we turned you know turned his business around together uh, as an engineering business which is completely different from anything I'd ever done before and again I think looking back it's all about this learning new stuff piece for me um, and, and now, you know, we're still in the business today. It's a great business. And, uh, that was, that was my first step, I guess, into entrepreneur, uh, the old world of being an entrepreneur, I guess. So that, that, that's quite nice. It leads us on to the, our question that we always ask is, um, your opinion on university versus going straight into work. What's your take on that? And how do you think university sort of fits into our modern world? I think quite interesting is when I was actually in the IT company, I was doing a lot of IT training and I used to train the lecturers at Salford University on the computers. So oh, wow. I actually have been inside university, although not as a student, which was pretty <laughs> cool. Um, look, I think universities are, you know, are a massive part of our cultural DNA, especially in the UK and the US. 
And I think there's, you know, there's definitely um, a real challenge behind the value and the role they play in modern society. I think if you, it really is exactly like you would look at a really incumbent company, let's say a, the Ford Motor Company or whatever, they, they really struggle to kind of innovate and do things differently because they're so ingrained in the way they think about the world. Mm. And, and I think it's, it's exactly the same in universities. And I think the, the challenge now, and, and students are really looking at this, going, what is the, the kind of the cost versus the reward? And ultimately, it all should be driven really from employability and what employers see in university degrees. And, and that is clearly changing now with some, you know, even some of the big four now are saying, well, actually, is a university degree necessary? Should, you know, from a diversity perspective, should we be looking for people from different backgrounds and different views of the world? And I think, um, so I think, I think university needs to evolve significantly and it needs to be much more about creating skills that are for jobs of the future. You know, if you're a creator, do you go to university and, you know, learn how to be a creator or not, right? Um, yeah, it's yeah. quite interesting. I think we've been really lucky to have quite a few founders on here and entrepreneurs like yourself. And just asking them, you know, what do you value when you look to employ someone? And I don't, I could probably count on one hand. Um, people have said, you know, I, I really value a university degree still in this day and age, because I think the internet has provided so much opportunity to go out and learn. You know, like you said, you love learning. The internet is an amazing place to actually go and learn new skills, go and try things. You can actually build skills that are more valuable than a degree now. Absolutely. And I think that's, you know, it's almost empowering people to learn themselves. Um, and, and, you know, it's easy to become an entrepreneur yourself now and build businesses and, and, and so on. So people are getting all these life skills just because probably they're not getting it from university. And, you know, literally I'm the same. The last time I looked at anyone's CV and looked at their education section at all, I don't actually can't remember it, to be honest. Um, you know, and, and sometimes someone, you know, after I've employed them goes, oh, yeah, well, I, you know, I got first from Oxford or something. I literally would never have known until they told me after they started working for me. Yeah. Um, and, you know, it's quite impressive still. Yeah, oh, that's really cool. But, you know, I'm actually quite pleased that it didn't actually influence my hiring decision. Mm. so what do you actually look for when you get cvs in and do you think cvs are the best way to still be hiring nowadays with things like you know online portfolios personal brands on things like linkedin does a cv still play a crucial role for you much less now right i mean look i think you know these days linkedin is probably the right platform to kind of put put who you are out to the world and i think you know what's really interesting about linkedin is it's not just your facts about what you've done and your experience but almost like the posts you write, the content you're creating, the stuff that you like, says a lot more about you than, you know, what your last five jobs were. Um, and that's really, really interesting. So I'm, I always look at people's LinkedIn profiles uh, versus CV. It's much more, it's, to me, it gives me much more of a picture of who they are. So you said you uh, you helped a friend turn around to use an engineering company and it's still a thriving company. From there, how did you sort of go into looking and investing into other companies? Well, but first of all, so after them, we actually founded a business together in vaping. We were one of the first vaping businesses in the UK. Oh, wow. uh, and we went, yeah, we went through an amazing journey with that business where we we literally um, found these products in China uh, in this big trade show, which is the most amazing experience. You can literally buy anything from, let's say, sex toys to vaping, you know, whatever you want to buy, you can buy Quite it a variety. <laughs> yeah, literally. Um, and we went with that mindset, right? Go, let's go and find something interesting. And uh, that was a way we explored. And, you know, to cut a long story short, we raised some venture capital money, which was super difficult and, you know, taught me a lot about 
um, how difficult it is to raise funds and almost that kind of closed club network, which I really hate uh, from, from kind of investors and founders. Um, and we sold that business to a big FTSE listed company uh, in 2012. Then we did the whole thing again and did another vaping business and sold that to another big listed business. Wow. And that kind of gave us our, you know, our first wealth creation events, I guess, to be able to then start investing in companies, mm. uh, which we started doing in 2012 and we sold the first business. So we've got a portfolio now of personal investments of about 30 different companies. And um, yeah, it's, it's really amazing. I mean, the most successful is a business called Super Awesome, which was uh, created to make the internet safe for kids. And they sold that to Epic Games, the, the makers of Fortnite last year. Oh, wow. Yeah, it was one of the first investors in that business, which is really cool. And then, you know, you get the ones that go wrong as well, which, you know, is fine. It's part of the, the portfolio approach. But yeah, no, I absolutely love it. I love just being around founders and growth and kind of, uh, yeah, helping them and supporting them. That's really cool. As, as an investor now, do you look for certain things? Are you, do you stick to a certain kind of industry or as somebody that likes to learn about lots of different things, are you quite happy to jump into lots of different bits and pops? I love doing lots of different stuff, right? And it actually was a massive change of how to change my mind going from running a business to then investing in lots of stuff where to flick between completely different, you know, industries, like from one 30 minute call to another. And actually I, I found it tough initially, but now I find it super rewarding because it makes your brain like really kind of, you know, supple, I guess is the right word. Um, and in terms of like what I look for, what's really, really interesting and I, I've really kind of concluded on it recently is most of the founders that I invest in and most of the founders come to see me are all on a mission in a way to kind of change their own outlook on life or their own success. Mm. Um, you know, they've come from somewhere and they want to get somewhere else. Um, you know, for me, it was how do I go from Blackpool to being successful, right? Um, and, and, and they've all got this drive to kind of make that change. Um, and, and, and one of the things, you know, as a dad now, I, I'm often worried about, you know, my own son and will he have that drive um, to, to really want to change his future or, or not. And actually, it's uh, an interesting topic a lot of us uh, are talking about now in, at school, in the school playground, let's say. Yeah, I guess it's, you know, you came from that area, which you, you said was, was slightly deprived and, you know, it gave, gave you that drive. I guess it's interesting now, you know, you, you've been successful, so your son won't have that same environment that he, he grew up in. It'll be very much different for him. So, uh, yeah, how do you address that? I guess that's, that's quite a tough question. <laughs> It's a big question, honestly. I'm talking to loads of people about it at the moment. Yeah. And uh, there's no real answer, you know, because at the end of the day, you create a lifestyle that you love and, you know, we're, we're kind of benefiting from our success. And, you know, what does that mean for, 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 for our kids and stuff? So it is super difficult. I mean, what I, what I do love, though, is I love investing in entrepreneurs that want to also make that change. Yeah. Um, and you don't see that many entrepreneurs that have come from really successful backgrounds actually i don't think would be my yeah opinion. yeah i think you're right besides the financial um impact in these companies what what is it an entrepreneur actually actually does for these companies so i think it's vision and leadership um i think an entre a great entrepreneur has an amazing vision of what they're trying to do um they can communicate that vision to investors different stakeholders people they want to join the team customers um, and then they can be an amazing leader to be able to lead those people and uh, whether that is customers, investors, employees, whatever, um, to the vision they want that, that they've articulated. So it's that vision, communication and passion and then leadership. For somebody sort of listening along and, you know, maybe starting out in their career journey um, as somebody that's that's hired people in, into their business. Is there something that really always stands out for you? Maybe it'd be a skill set 
or something somebody's done to say, oh, actually, you know, I'd really love that person at my company. Sure. I, I, it's really interesting. I, I like entrepreneurs that have almost had a bit of a side hustle. Um, so not entrepreneurs, people are looking to join our company that have had a side mm-hmm. hustle. So we, we had this guy recently who's built this little small eyewear business with, with glasses and really cool, funky looking glasses online. And actually what he learned through that process of kind of how to source products like quality standards, the regulations, setting up an online store, you know, digital marketing, all these things actually thought, bloody hell, that is really cool. One, because actually you were made to learn all that stuff, right? You didn't know any of that. You went out, you learn it. You actually built this thing. If it was successful, it doesn't really matter to me. It's more that the kind of agility to kind of learn new things, adopt and kind of execute, I think was uh, really powerful. Yeah, no, really interesting. And what kind of personality traits do you think you see in yourself and maybe some other entrepreneurs that help you to be successful? Um, I think it's going back to this kind of vision and passion piece we just spoke about. And, you know, ironically, you don't learn that in university, right? Um, and, and it has to come from somewhere, uh, which I think is the other point we were making about where does my vision and passion come from? I think it comes from my background and it might come from different places for different people. Um, but it needs to come from somewhere. You can't sort of authentically create a vision and a passion, you know, it, it, without having somewhere it came from. So um, I think I think that's what I, I really uh, see, see in people. And what would, for you, would be the biggest positive from, number one, being an entrepreneur and running your own company, and then the biggest positive to being an investor? Um, look, I think on, the thing about an entrepreneur is you get to create your own destiny. Um, you know, you can kind of like build your castle, um and and it's so exciting and it's ups and downs it's the emotional roller coaster and you kind of the core this core skill i think of an entrepreneur's resilience you know there's so many no's there's so many knockbacks the ability to kind of get up keep going um you know the positive side of that is you really create this amazing um you can create your own destiny the negative side is a lot of mental health impacts to that which i think are a lot a, a lot not talked about in being an entrepreneur and people just talk about the good stuff there's a lot of bad stuff um, and I think, so that for me is that, that, that from an entrepreneur perspective, as an investor, I think I, I absolutely love um, spending time and getting kind of infused with people's energy, ideas, excitement, passion. And I find that really rewarding. You, you touched on something there. It's, um, it's obviously being self-employed, you know, it's, it's as far as you want to take it, I can imagine the entrepreneur world can also be uh, slightly addictive to, to an extent. Um, and it is as far as you want to take it, but how, how do you try and switch off from that uh, work world? Um, it's tough, right? Because it becomes your life and um, you, you know, it's you, you know, I think if you're an authentic entrepreneur, you are, you know, what you do is I think about your life, you know, and, and, the more you can be authentic and the more you can bring your true DNA to what you do and your true feelings, I think you can be way more successful and you can connect with people better as well. Um, so I think that's really important, but then turning off from that, you know, how do you turn off if you're being his true self and everything you do being an entrepreneur, turning it off is practically impossible, I suspect. And you mentioned you've gone through fundraising and how hard that can be. Have you got any sort of, maybe tips or advice for anyone it can be i assume massively mentally draining and an incredibly stressful time how did you learn to deal with that i think honestly having a business partner was super helpful for me somebody else that i could kind of talk to you know you nobody's 100 percent all the time right so you need if you've got a partner you can kind of go well you know i'm on a good day you're not not on a good day 
you know, you take the mantle and you, if you both, if you're great partners, you can, you know, one can run and then the can follow and then you can swap. And I think this for me was a core part of why we were able to achieve what we did. Um, and I, so I think, you know, I, I wouldn't underestimate the opportunity to kind of work with someone who's really like-minded that you can kind of have that relationship with. If you go back to, um, to that boy in a Blackpool, what would be maybe a skill or some advice you would give him, um, knowing what you've learned over these years? I think resilience, right? I think this is, you know, something I spent a lot of time thinking about, you know, recently, you know, we live in a world where, you know, it's getting more complicated, much more is expected of us, you know, much more challenges around, you know, cost of living, what's, you know, the, the employability, uh, the world's changing a lot in terms of what's going on with Ukraine and you know, the whole deglobalization of the world. All these things, you know, mean that as an individual, you need to be kind of way more resilient than I think you've ever had to be in your entire life. You're expected to be always on all the time, answer, answer emails, you know, as a, as a, when you, when you're fundraising, you know, there's a lot of no's and you've kind of got to sell a vision. So I think resilience is something I think is, you know, is, is, is a, something I go back and say, that is the thing that really pushes you through these things. And ironically, I think I built that resilience when I lived in Blackpool, you know, seeing the, the different things I saw uh, and was exposed to, that was where I started to learn about resilience, but I didn't know it at the time. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, when you go in and you look for these investments or they come to you, is there anything in particular, I know you mentioned you're someone that's sort of looking to, to really make a change, but is there anything actually that you look for business-wise where you're like, oh, this is going to be a really good investment or is it still down to the character of the entrepreneur founding the business? I think it's 90% the founder, 10%. It has to be a business model that can work, you know, fundamentally. Um, and that might not be provable now, but it might be something that is an idea, but you've got to have something that fundamentally has a business model that can work eventually. So a good example of that not being the case, maybe like we work, for example, where you go fundamentally buying long-term leases and selling them on a short-term basis is fundamentally flawed business model. Uh, that, you know, that's an example of it not being true, for example. And uh, would you still do it all again, knowing everything you know now? um yeah absolutely you know i think when you're at the other side of something it's easier to look back and go oh it's all wonderful and you know definitely again i think one of the problems you have as an entrepreneur you kind of when people ask you to recall the story you say all the good bits and you purposely ignore or even want to forget the the challenges right because it's a great everyone goes oh you're an entrepreneur you must be it must be amazing right Mm -hmm. um and you know it's it's a roller coaster it's a it's a really really up and down roller coaster and you know, every entrepreneur I've talked to is because I come out to the side and be really successful, always says that. I don't think I've met one that's gone, you know, I was a doddle as a walk in the park, you know. Um, it is tough. Um, and um, yeah, but I would definitely do it again. Well, David, thank you so much for your time. It's been a real pleasure to hear all about your story so far and um, love your approach to it all. Cheers, Daniel. Cheers, Tom. Thank you. Uh, where can people maybe uh, find you, reach out and uh, see what you're up to? Yeah, just Google David Nunes on uh, on LinkedIn and uh, that's probably the best place to have a look and sort of look at my posts and please connect to me on there. It'd be great. Brilliant. Thanks, David. Thank you.